How can we stop our nightmares from becoming true? Can a person be haunted by ghost peppers? Answers to these questions and more on this Paranormal Life! Hey! hey Welcome back to this Paranormal Life. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. It is Tuesday. Uh, that is the day of the week where here on This Paranormal Life we drop a new episode. And every week we investigate a different paranormal tale and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. Um, it's a comedy paranormal podcast also. It is. Sometimes we make jokes. Even though we're talking about serious subject matter, all right? No, things that aren't funny, guys, okay? So like a ghost scaring someone so badly that they shit themselves. Right. You think that's funny? Right. You Not think that's something to laugh about? That's no. a traumatic experience. You have to know. Like or like a werewolf jumping out of a bush and making a grown man shit himself. Right. Incidents like that yeah. are no the, laughing the, the, matter. The chupacabra attacking a man, biting him on the testes, <laughs> sending him to the emergency room. Where he... You guessed it, shits Shit himself, himself on arrival. Yeah, just out of sheer fear. There are a lot of serious stuff happens, and we have to be respectful to that, of course. So those yeah. will not be the kind of things we'll be joking about today. Uh, Rory, another serious thing is, uh, I feel like my voice is going to add a little bit of gravitas. To yeah, you got a sexy voice thing uh, going on today. We had a late night. We had a late night. We did. And, you know, we won't rant about it for too long at the start of the podcast, but it is worth bringing up that we, about 12 hours ago, mm -hmm. just performed our biggest live show ever here in London. Absolutely. It, it was insane. It was an amazing show. A little stressful, I'll admit. The whole day was a little bit stressful. <laughs> okay, well, don't put a downer on the cold thing. It was extremely exuberant celebration. It's been over three years since we have a live show, so you just want to keep I, it light and just celebrate things. I thought I was going to be living the rock and roll lifestyle uh -huh. when in reality I was standing outside surrounded by merch boxes eating pasta with a fork that I made out of cardboard. Okay, we were a bit pushed for the time schedule. Yeah, there was no time to eat. There was no time to do sound check. You went to go get changed in your dressing room and bugs came out of your clothes. Yeah, there was a bit of a running gag about... Uh, not to say that things were not going well behind the scenes, but um, you did refer to it as being plague-like, biblical plague-like. It was straight up biblical. Uh, and indeed, locusts, bugs started falling out of my uh, wardrobe. But the show itself was incredible. Uh, afterwards, we hung around. I think we were taking pictures and stuff for three hours after the show. Three straight hours. Then we packed up all the merch boxes, went outside, and I was like, oh, what a great night. Where's the Uber, guys? Guys, <laughs> and then the whole gang essentially takes a left into this seedy little bar, uh, where playing um, drum and bass at ear-splitting volumes, so loud. Um, and we where ended... we began phase two of the This Paranormal <laughs> Life live in London. We 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 stayed there for must have been a couple hours until they kicked us out very aggressively. Yes. Yeah, and then I go, awesome, that was great. Where's Uber, the Uber though? guys? Uber <laughs> the to Uber? be clear. Uh, uh, there was no the team Uber. took another left. He <laughs> took another left, went to another bar that was open till 3 a.m. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout out Simmons. So instead of uh, instead of having the 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 classy night that I thought I was going to have where I retire uh, back to my apartment, catch an early night's sleep, uh, I stayed out till 3 a.m., got pretty drunk, then came home uh, very late at night took off all of my clothes and ate an entire birthday cake. So you did get to be a rock star after all. It was a pretty rock star, rock yeah. It wasn't even my birthday either. That was a prop that Kit and I had used in a video that we were shooting that week. 
<laughs> so it was used cake. It was not. It was not fresh cake. It wasn't. Um, it was a fantastic show. Uh, I just really. Um, beautiful and amazing to do that after so long, after COVID, after lockdown, and after three years since our last live show. And uh, we really can't wait to do it again and in different geographic locations. It was amazing. And it was so cool to meet people in person who listen to the podcast uh, because, you know, it's all types of people. It was dads. It was children. It was boyfriends and girlfriends. It was... Babies? No babies. Okay. I hope not. My God, that would be worrying if there was a baby in there. Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. But if you want to hear more about our ongoing tour, which we are in the middle of, you know, why not check out patreon.com? Uh, the After Party episodes are coming out every week, and we've kind of been discussing it a lot over there. On the main episode, right here, right now, it's time to get in to today's investigation. Let's go! Rory, on today's episode, we have the pleasure of revisiting the year 2002. What were you up to at that point in time? I think I'd recently discovered masturbation, so okay. I had my hands I regret full, asking. brother. <laughs> Jesus, man. I don't know, 2002, what, 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 2002, I think I was like 11 or 12 years old. Politically, uh, going through some turmoil, um, as a collective Western society, we were in the aftermath of uh, 9-11, uh, sure. personally discovering my own body, uh, <laughs> Otherwise, probably playing football outside and playing video games inside. Yeah. In 2003, I remember vividly because I was pitching in Poland for Ireland's national Little League baseball team. That's actually pretty cool. That's how I can. That's one benchmark I can remember from my childhood. That's pretty awesome. Until your career was ruined by the Dublin Gorilla Man incident. And that I could never play again. <laughs> he lost his nerve that day on the pitch. <laughs> That might have been what we were getting up to in 2002, but it wasn't the case for the protagonist of today's story. Troy, as we're going to call him today, was up to something far cooler, a bit of urban exploration. That September, he'd made his way to Kentucky to visit the then little-known Waverly Hills Sanatorium to have a look around. Ooh. It was a dark and stormy night. It had been pouring down all day long, and he was grateful to get inside to escape it. The old building was certainly spooky, and Troy felt he would have found it unsettling even on the brightest of summer days. Troy's a maniac. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> Why in the middle of a thunderstorm would you go, I'm going to go check out the old sanatorium. Right. This it, seems like a good time to go there. It's a movie trope, isn't it? You're out just having a walk, and then you have to shelter from the rain uh, in <laughs> a abandoned building. Yeah. He should know better. Go when it's sunny. It came as no surprise to him that it was unsettling, of course, because this structure had a long history of paranormal phenomena. But we'll get to that later. Despite the pounding downfall outside, the building was almost silent. The only sounds beside his own footsteps were occasional raindrops leaking through the battered old roof. Beautiful. He paced the long corridors, looking in as many rooms as he could. Some were firmly locked, which only added to the mystery. The building was five stories high, and he made his way up methodically. He passed the kitchen and cafeteria, various patient rooms, and even the morgue. Ooh, wait, for a sanatorium? That's not right. <laughs> there shouldn't be a morgue in a sanatorium. This is Troy talking to himself. <laughs> Something ain't right about this building. He passed it all. <laughs> the, the kitchen, the living rooms, the patient's residence, mm -hmm. the murder hole. <laughs> Wait a second. Hospitals don't normally have vats filled with alien goo and experimental <laughs> creatures. 
At the end of each long corridor, he clambered up the steep, dusty steps to reach the next level. But he was in such a hurry to get to the top that he skipped the fourth floor entirely. Now eventually he reached the fifth and final floor. Almost immediately opposite the stairwell was a room marked 502. His heart leapt with excitement. He'd heard all about room 502 in his research. You see, Troy wasn't just some teenager, Rory, bursting into old buildings for kicks. He's a paranormal professional, just like us. All right, it's starting to make sense why he went in the stormy conditions. Because if you're investigating the paranormal, there's a time and a place to do it. Right. Uh, as we've said, the paranormal hour, for one, approximately yeah. 3 a.m. Yeah, we did a little bit of urban exploring for the first time in our lives uh, a few weeks ago. We did. Let me tell you, I get it, folks. I didn't before, but uh, as soon as we went into this old abandoned mansion, it was really cool. It's really fun to just explore these these creepy places. Absolutely. Um, it, there's something about it that just taps into like a human instinct to, of curiosity that uh, even though it is creepy, the, the curiosity is like overrides it. Yeah. The room in question is said to be where most of the unexplained activity occurs. He scurried across the threshold with his heart pounding. He half expected to feel a presence immediately, but as he paced around the echoey room, his heart began to sink. It wasn't any different than any of the other treatment rooms he'd been in on the floors below. He stood still, held his breath, hoping to hear disembodied footsteps or the creak of a door like other people had reported. After a while, he gave up. He quietly wandered back out of the room, crestfallen. He checked out the rest of the corridor, though, poking his head around the doors of each ward, hoping for something scary to happen. But alas, there was nothing. You're in an abandoned sanatorium. It, that alone should be the experience. He's a bit like a famous uh, rock climber. His nerves are so shot from right. exploring the paranormal over the years that he feels nothing. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, orbs, boring. Yeah, there's demons kind of clawing out from the walls like, go home. And he's like, I thought they'd be bigger. Yeah, he's like, the Ugh. EMF reader's barely going up. Yeah. Whereas me, I live such a comfortable life. If you just pop a balloon behind me, my heart rate jumps to 200 beats per minute. <laughs> you get, yeah, you need a cup of tea <laughs> to calm down again. It takes me weeks to come down off of that high. <laughs> I once got given an extra chicken nugget in my sick chicken nugget box at McDonald's, and I'm still buzzing off of that. <laughs> that was 2002. <laughs> Masturbation and the extra nugget. It was a big year. <laughs> well, he started walking back down the stairwell. But on his way, he remembered, hold on a second, I missed the fourth floor. So to leave no stone unturned, he decided to give it a go. What was there to lose? After taking a single step, he felt the whole atmosphere shift. He got the distinct feeling of something strange in the air. He wasn't a psychic or anything, but there was something different about this floor. Excitement was swelling in his chest. Now the creaky old building felt electric, almost alive. Within seconds, eerie things started to happen. He could hear the unmistakable sound of doors slamming in the distance down the hallway. The doors were so heavy and old, he knew there was no way it was the wind. It occurred to him that he might not be alone in the building, which terrified him in a totally new and different way. What does he want? <laughs> what does he want out of this? What can you possibly gain? It's the f the f***ing teddy bear story. <laughs> My brain isn't working. It's the guy's Goldilocks. Oh, this floor is too haunted. Oh, this floor is not haunted enough. 
Oh, oh no! You are about to be eaten by a bear, sir. <laughs> yeah. There is no good that you have, you're trespassing. I don't, I just, I'm struggling to understand what will make this man happy. Right. I mean, Rory, we should know this as paranormal investigators. It is, of course, money, fame. It is capturing evidence on camera and selling it to the highest bidder. That's true, yeah. I mean, has he come here with equipment? <laughs> I'm not sure, actually. I do, I think he is a little bit of a thrill seeker as well. Rory, if you thought this guy was nuts before, at this point he comes to a door that says, caution, no entry, Uh, this wing of the building has been severely damaged and uh, is not accessible for safety reasons. Right. He opened the door and continued. For an urban explorer, that's like the sexiest sign that you can find. (laughs) Is like, you know, do not come in here. This shit is ghastly. It has fallen apart. It's a mess. You're going to die if you enter this room. Right, there's carbon monoxide leaking from every corner of this building. Yeah, Troy's borderline salivating at this point. (laughs) This is his dream. He even turned off his flashlight at this point. Now the only thing illuminating his path was the dim glow of distant city lights coming in through the windows. As he got closer and closer to the end, he began to see dark shapes darting around in his peripheral vision. He wasn't sure if his eyes were playing tricks on him. He kept looking left and right just in case. As he approached the big windows, he turned his head to check on his right. From this vantage point, he could see most of the way down the corridor lined with patient rooms. One of the closest doorways to him was wide open with a faint light shining through it. As he looked, a figure appeared in the frame and this time it was no trick of the light. It was definitely there because it was blocking the light that caught his eye in the first place. This mysterious man didn't look at Troy, but continued out into the hall and entered the room on the opposite side. Troy let out a frightened yelp and jumped back in terror, fumbling with his torch to turn it back on. The man had been wearing a long white jacket, just like a doctor's lab coat. Though gripped with fear, his paranormal investigator curiosity got the best of him and he decided to follow the man into this second room. Oh, for God's sakes. As he said, this might not have even been a paranormal experience. There could just be a psychopath <laughs> roaming the halls in a white lab coat. All right, well, you should be able to tell the difference. You should, ab- <laughs> If you're a paranormal investigator, you should be able to tell the difference because one of those motherfuckers is probably floating and transparent. And the other one's probably making a lot of noise. It's like, he saw a ghost in the corner of the building wearing a burlap sack, shooting up heroin. It's like, I think there's just someone living in the abandoned building. Yeah, if your ghost is doing things like coughing and and tripping up over shit as he walks, he's probably not a ghost. He's like, I've been in the the sanatorium, sorry, the sanatorium, I've been here for many years. I don't think you're a spirit. Spirits don't usually misspeak like that. You got any beer, dude? (laughs) He ventured forward nonetheless, his flashlight beam shaking violently in his trembling hand. He entered the room, but it was a dead end. There was no way out of the small chamber, and yet it was completely empty. Whoever had just disappeared into this room moments previously had now vanished completely. He'd always been skeptical about ghosts, but he isn't anymore. Rory, this is but one tale of a paranormal investigator's uh, experience wandering the halls of the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. I was a little judgmental at the start, but hey, fair play to this paranormal investigator for seeing a spirit and not taking off in the other direction. I mean, Troy really followed through with the investigation. 
Absolutely. I mean, you go that far, I guess you, you got to try and do it. Um, we don't do a lot of investigations in the real world for this very reason. If I was in this sanatorium and saw a, a man floating in a, in a lab coat, I would probably throw myself down the stairs hoping <laughs> I die by the time I hit the bottom because I don't know what's going to happen when I'm in this building, but I just don't want to be alive anymore. Right. I would just pick up a bunch of broken glass in one of these abandoned rooms, <laughs> just start eating it, just start chewing it. <laughs> it's the closest thing to a suicide pill. I'm opening up that door that said, do not go in. There is no floor. <laughs> just dropping three stories. Uh, that is truly, truly terrifying. It is. I, like, I, yeah, as you say, Roy, we don't have a ton of experience. The few places I've been in that have a creepy atmosphere on this level, you know, I would not have the cojones to venture this far into the building. Yeah. It's funny, you know, because we talk a little bit about urban exploring, and we did go see that allegedly haunted mansion in Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember if you remember this or were a part of it when we were growing up in Northern Ireland. But do you remember when we all just lived in that abandoned house? What? <laughs> I guess you weren't. Do you remember that? That uh, like a uh, well. Here's where the story gets a little juicy, folks. Let's put "abandoned" in quotation marks <laughs> because we all thought it was abandoned. I don't know if the statute of limitations <laughs> is up on whatever you're about to say. Uh, yeah, it was that house in our hometown that we all kind of lived in for a while, thinking it was abandoned. Until one day the owners came home while we were in it. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. You never heard this story before? I have selectively blocked this out. Oh my, it was insane. It was one of these things where, uh, you know, you discovered it as a kid and you were like, hey, let's keep this on the down low. Just so it's like only, only our closest friends that know about it. We've basically got a little hideout. Mm. And then you come back later that night and it's like, yeah, I told everyone and we're having a party here in three hours. <laughs> And it was just, it was wild. Uh, and then one day, um, people came to the house, grown people, while everyone was inside. And it was like a bug bomb going off. Like, people were jumping, like, out of windows, scuttering out of, like, the garage. It was insane. <laughs> so I don't know, if, uh, technically urban exploring. Uh, <laughs> it's squatting. <laughs> it's completely illegal. The judge said breaking and entering. I don't know if that's like Something, a paranormal term. The judge was like, it wasn't abandoned. You drank their milk out of the fridge. <laughs> it wasn't remotely abandoned. The best part was I think someone in the house was taking a shit when the owners came home. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to be like, it's like the worst thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> right. It's like everyone's like, go, we have to leave. And right. your pants and are you're by in your the middle, it, There's nothing you can really do. You got to kind of ride out that experience. You just got to go. Yeah, it was intense. <laughs> At this point, you're pretending the place is haunted. You're yelling from your squatting position on the toilet. Whoa, don't, <laughs> don't come, come in. in here. Also, throw me some <laughs> toilet paper. We're out. So, Roy, this place is called Waverly Hills Sanatorium. These days, it's known around the world for being one of the most haunted locations in all of America. And for good reason. It's got a dark and twisted history that began all the way back in the 1800s. This was the era that the United States was plagued by tuberculosis, also known as the White Death. Ooh. It was as horrific as it was contagious, i.e. very. What are the symptoms of tu tuberculosis? I don't actually know. In my head, it's something like bonitis, where you just turn into like a twisted mess. 
Um, it is a sad and devastating uh, disease. It basically just destroys your lungs in particular. Ooh, so it's not even like a spooky disease. <laughs> uh, no, so it's not like it's you not the spooky sea visions aspect of the story. <laughs> okay, that's pretty spooky. Now, at the turn of the century, Louisville, Kentucky had the highest TB death rate in the country. It was rampaging through the state, claiming whole families and sometimes entire towns. Soon, they constructed a hospital to tackle the problem. The plan was to try out some experimental cures. Oh, boy. And if all else failed, they could isolate the infectious patients to try and stop the spread. Nothing good has ever happened after using the term experimental cures. Well, I feel like we've changed that now to like trials, clinical trials. Okay, you know? right. <laughs> Experimental cures has a real dark history to it. Well, it's like an oxymoron. It's like, well, is it a cure or is it an experiment? Yeah, that's like saying, um, yeah, we, we built this, uh, this building on the mountain so we could try out some psychomedicine. <laughs> it's like, don't call it that. <laughs> it's... It's like medicine, but if it was in the X Games. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta think outside the box. <laughs> what if we ate rats? No, no. You're gonna love what's coming. Oh, boy. The hospital was built in 1910, and in 1924, they named it Waverly Hills after the school that sat on the same site. It could accommodate more than 400 patients and was one of the country's most well-equipped hospitals of the day. Despite its fantastic facilities... The vast majority of patients that were admitted died within its walls. Okay. But they had tuberculosis. That's right. The only treatment available at the time was basically fresh air. Uh, it was believed that breathing fresh outdoor air could help clear your lungs. So patients were placed in lounge chairs out in the grounds or up on the roof, <laughs> whatever the weather. Uh, it sounds like one of those things where they're like, I'm so sorry you have uh, tuberculosis, so... um. Uh, we recommend just getting some fresh air. It's like, oh, does will that cure the disease? No, you're just going to want to enjoy what time you have left. <laughs> right. <laughs> just get some fresh air, go to the park, watch a yeah. sunset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. not long for this world. Treatments include reading this list of 10 books you got to read before you die. <laughs> Saying goodbye to your loved ones. Right. Yeah. So even during winter, sometimes patients would be sat in the roof of the Waverly Sanatorium, trapped under a layer of snow. Oh my God. Just open a window. There were sunrooms where patients' lungs were exposed to artificial light thought to kill bacteria but it had little effect the last resort treatments of the day involved invasive surgeries that most did not recover from a few did make miraculous recoveries but most left the hospital in a coffin yikes in fact they literally had a chute leading out the back of the hospital <laughs> where they would fire bodies into waiting train carriages Shut up! To save the incoming patients a glimpse of their probable fate. That's a fun way to enter the afterlife. <laughs> via slide. By water slide, yeah. <laughs> I get the idea. Yeah. For sure. It's not very... It's kind of inhumane. There's also a matter of time until word gets out about the death shoot. <laughs> also, can you imagine, like, you know, someday the person of a bitch who has to put the coffins down the chute, he... Like drops his glasses and is like, oh, just gotta, just uh, yeah. gotta reach in and grab all <laughs> down his three hundred foot slide into a carriage. I mean, I've talked about this story on the podcast before, but I went down my own death chute once. Uh, huh? The time I was at a play park in McDonald's, <laughs> and I I jumped to go down a slide, banged my head on the roof, <laughs> blacked out, 
and went and my limp body slid down into the ball pit where I sank to the bottom. And the friction of the slide pulls your trousers down, exposing you to all the children. And you were 26 years old at this point. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, last night's live show. This is what happened. So I've experienced the death slide and I would not recommend it. Now, estimates of the numbers of people that died on site vary greatly. The highest figures I've seen are tens of thousands, but it was probably closer to 6,000. Still, That's still a lot of people. A lot of people. And this may be the reason this place is haunted today. Now, I will say we have investigated similar buildings slash organizations on this podcast before, but a lot of them are dark and haunted because it's like it was a hospital where people could come get cured. And when they go to the hospital, the staff are like, oh, we ain't going to cure you. We're going to do our own horrible shit. Where it sounds mm. like this place at least had good intentions, kind yeah. of. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, this was a legit hospital. They pumped a bunch of money into it uh, to try and solve a problem. They were losing, like we said, t entire towns. <laughs> they pumped a bunch of money into it. The slide was primo, <laughs> genuinely well-constructed. We ran out of money, so the best treatment is fresh air. <laughs> Thankfully, thank God. <laughs> They're like, yeah, don't worry, guys. Uh, the cure's waiting uh, just down the other end of that slide. <laughs> go, go on in. <laughs> I can hear screams. <laughs> it just leads to an incinerator. Yeah, hop on down. Now, thank God, new developments in TB treatments meant that the hospital was no longer needed after the early 60s. So it became an old age home for a while. Uh, at one point, a guy tried to build the world's largest statue of Jesus on top of the building. <laughs> he, he wanted... On top of the building? He wanted to beat the Rio de Janeiro Christ the Redeemer statue. What? So he said, all right, we need to raise $12 million to build this thing. He raised $3,000, <laughs> which he should have ponied up at least that himself. Yeah, if you're trying to follow through on an idea that big. Like, if you're not willing to, to put your own skin in the game for that one, I'm not going to put money towards it. I like the idea, yeah, that the size of the Jesus has to be relative to right. the amount of haunted souls. They're like, we're going to need some sort of Optimus Prime-sized Jesus. <laughs> Godzilla-level <laughs> Jesus statue. Which is great, you know. I'm I'm I I'm a big fan of uh, Jesus. Sure. He did a lot of good shit. Uh, I really hope when he comes back, he's the size of a planet. <laughs> I think he's done the humble thing once. You know, he's right. done the like, hey, I'm a man just like you guys. Uh, you cut me, I bleed. You know, time to not be so humble. Time to come back as a fucking transformer. Laser vision. Yeah, yeah. Wrath of God. Jetpack. Yeah. He's basically Boba Fett, <laughs> but from heaven. Jesus coming back as a bounty hunter. Man Mandalorian armor. Yeah. Not that he needs it. So by the early 2000s, around the time of our story today, it had fallen into complete disrepair, only frequented by people like us, Rory, actively looking for the paranormal. So what else has happened there? There's the classic opening and closing of doors, odd noises, disembodied footsteps, passersby noticing lights in the window during years-long periods in which there was supposedly no electricity in the building. That's creepy. <laughs> the speed at which I'm rattling through these will hopefully give you an idea of just how much paranormal activity there is. Yeah, I feel like any one of these could be part of the episode. <laughs> 
Those who ventured inside reported ghostly stomping around and the smell of fresh bread from the old kitchen. Well, that one's quite nice. It's pretty cool. Bread and slides? It this fe- is great. It feels like a little bit of a honey trap, though, doesn't it? It's something creepy about ghosts baking fresh Subway sandwiches to lure you in. Right, And then yeah. presumably kill you and shove you down the chute. It's true. You can't, the smell of, of rusty blood isn't going to get people to enter the building. So you got to yeah. get them in with those fresh cookies. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now... This thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. The door in the kitchen can be seen swinging as if there's a busy team of invisible staff in the middle of food service. People also say they've seen a hearse appear around the back of the building to drop off coffins. Once the hospital was bought for restoration, volunteers working inside had objects thrown at them, were struck by unseen hands, and saw apparitions in doorways and corridors. Oh my god. But that's not all. There's a little girl who can be seen running up and down the solarium on the third floor. Others have seen a young boy with a leather ball. Even more chillingly, a woman with bleeding wrists cries out for help from the shady corners of the sanatorium. Cool, that's dark. The man in a white coat has been sighted on several occasions, just like Troy saw. There are a couple of entities that have been seen so many times, they actually have names. Uh, Firstly, there's Lois. Uh, Whoa! (laughs) She and her sister were patients. Her sister made a full recovery, but Lois wasn't so lucky. She's been seen in the doorway of her former room, And I even have a photograph of her. Wow. It's a bit grainy, granted. All right. Oh, shit. 
God damn. Okay, this is a picture of a dark, creepy hallway. It's borderline black and white. And it's extremely creepy. Amongst the, the many rooms off to the sides of the corridors, there is just a woman who looks like she's standing there looking straight at the camera. Yeah, it's pretty uh, clear, isn't it? Pretty night and day. Yeah, that is that is terrifying. I do not like that. I do not like that at all. As we described, I get one glimpse. I sprint and run headfirst into the chute. I like that they gave her a name because usually if a spirit is popular enough that it has a title, it's usually something based on their appearance like the lady in black yeah, or the man with the hat. Yeah. But these guys are popping around so much, they're just like, this is Mark. <laughs> yeah, there's Andy. There's Dandy. <laughs> the whole gang, yeah. How you doing, guys? Oh, doing great. <laughs> Fresh bread on the way. <laughs> yeah, you know I can't eat the ghost bread. <laughs> it smells good, though. William is supposedly the spirit of a homeless man and his dog that lived in the building after it was abandoned. Once it was sold to the current owners, he was asked to move on but they let him stay for the rest of the winter as he had nowhere else to go. A few months later, his body was found at the bottom of the elevator shaft, rumored to be murdered by Satanists. Oh my God. At least put him down the slide. (laughs) There's a system in place, guys. We're not advocating for murder here in any way, shape, or form. No. Nor the hiding of evidence. It's all illegal. But as Roy says, there is a facility and a system. At least use it. Another character known to frequent the halls of the hospital is a demonic creature known simply as the Creeper. <laughs> okay, this guy does not have a name. He He's known as the Creeper. It's an evil four-legged monster from the underworld that scuttles around the premises. Yeah, that'll do it. It crawls, <laughs> it crawls up the walls and the ceilings. It's been spotted so many times that uh, Research Raymond was actually able to find an entire Facebook thread dedicated to uh, people's <laughs> sightings of it. I love the paranormal investigator who showed up and he's like meeting all the ghosts and it's like, wow, nice to meet you, Margaret. Nice right. to meet you, Julian. And you will be the creeper. And he's like, my name's Terry. Just call me Terry. Yeah, because I, yeah, I like to crawl. Sure, but that's like... Not my whole personality. I'm a good bowler. I was when I was alive. The ghosts are like, you're pretty creepy. Pretty creepy, Terry. <laughs> For example, one tour guide working at the hospital said, The first time I encountered the creeper, I was coming out of a doorway. I was with a tour group about to take a break on the rooftop. We just finished a walkthrough of room 502, so I went through it again, just checking for stragglers. I didn't find anyone, so I stepped back through the doorway. I looked down and stopped realizing there was an object the size of a lawn trash bag right at my feet. Mm. It was so close I almost fell over it. Next thing I know, it moved. I was in shock as the black object scurried to the left of the room and disappeared into the darkness. (laughs) I will say that does sound slightly like a giant rat or a raccoon. Or a big spider, yes. (laughs) Or the creeper. Another commenter said, I seen the creeper in the fourth floor. They tell you not to shine your flashlight up on the ceiling because of the bats. I had a feeling something was there. I did it, and a dark mass dropped from the ceiling and got up like the T-1000 in Terminator 2 and flew past me and my brother's co-worker. Whoa! I had a static feeling through my body. The other guy fell on me. I confronted it, and it grabbed my ankle. I will never forget that. Holy shit. I want to return in the future to see if I see him again. 
I mean, they called him the Creeper, but it sounds like he's got a lot of shit going on. <laughs> he's hanging upside down like Batman. He'll just grab your throat now and again. <laughs> now, Rory, I've mentioned this Room 502 quite enough times, and maybe I should tell you why it's such a big deal. Yeah. The fifth floor of this hospital consisted of two nurses' stations, 501 and 502. The legend goes that a nurse was found dead in room 502 back in 1928, aged only 29 at the time of her death. It was suggested she may have even been murdered by a doctor that she worked alongside. Yikes. Disturbingly, just four years later, another nurse killed herself by leaping from the window of the very same room. I feel like I've heard that story from every single haunted building ever in the entire world. There's always a nurse or a nun that jumped from a window and died. They even said that about our school in Northern Ireland. <laughs> as far as I can tell, there are no official records of either death. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that said, the uh, reputation remains uh, about 502. This is... I think there's an abandoned house in Port Shirt <laughs> where they say a young boy died after running out of the bathroom taking a shit. Um, this is... A trope. It is a trope yeah. uh, that it, a, a building like let's go back to let's say the um, remember that building in like downtown LA and we looked at like the TikTokers who investigated this building, the Cecil drones. Hotel, the Cecil. Yeah, you know, look at that place. Look at this place. Look at any abandoned building or haunted building we've covered before. There's always a room. Oh, the oh, you're oh, staying yeah. in the, the room. room. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get it. Very often there'll be one bad thing. You know, like serial killers have stayed in certain rooms of, let's say, the Cecil or whatever. But, sure. Um, but yeah, it's almost like you can't have a sanatorium without room 502. Yeah, the room where all the bad shit went down. Bearing in mind that there's a man called the Creeper who just has free roam over the whole place. Uh, I don't think anyone said he was a man. I think he was some kind of Studio Ghibli-esque shadow being. It doesn't sound like he belongs to 502. It sounds like he goes walkabouts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he wasn't a nun that jumped out the window or something, no. And the thing is, this is a building that it is possible to go and explore. Like I say, these paranormal investigators have been going and checking it out. Now, unfortunately, Rory, some internet-based paranormal investigators have actually beat us to the case. Really? Uh, and researcher Amy, God bless her, she sat down to watch a 90-minute YouTube video uh, created by some paranormal investigators on YouTube to see what came out of it, which I think even from our perspective is just interesting to see. And, and even for our listeners, if they're curious, they can go and check it out. Um to see the kinds of things that, that one apparently does to uh, see if there is paranormal activity, you know. Well, there's so many ghosts in this building that we're on a first-name basis with a lot of them. So if people are going there and being able to see all these creatures, doctors in lab coats, lights going on, a hearse delivering coffins, usually I'd be skeptical of a 90-minute video <laughs> about evidence, but maybe th there's just that much going on. Um, will I show you a clip of uh, their findings? Absolutely. So this is the YouTubers Sam and Colby. Come up to this red light here and touch it. Or you could stand there. <sighs> right as you said that. Right as you said that. Holy. I literally have goosebumps everywhere. Oh Thank you. <laughs> Being polite at least. Mm. 
So, so I guess they're talking to the spirits, and they've got a bunch of kind of detection devices. What? All right, that doesn't look like a piece of paranormal equipment. That looks like a bouncy ball. Yeah, that's calibrated. Oh my god! What the f is going on? <laughs> Literally, whatever was over there. Oh, in this again? No. <laughs> All right, start the video. Start the video. Start this the thing video. Never goes off. Look, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying these guys aren't legit. I don't, I don't know that Rory has ever asked to just simply stop a piece of. I'm sure that what they're using is some sort of legitimate paranormal activity measuring devices, but it looks like these people have just scattered a toy box on the floor. They're like. Like a noise is going off, and they're like, "What the f like pointing at a slinky they put down, just being like, "That's the slinky never slinks!" Oh my god! There's like a ball with neon lights flashing that they're like, "It's oh my god!" It, your name is William. The ball's lighting up. Like there's just so much random shit. One of them looks like a ticker tape little thing. It's so weird. There's there's something uh, as you say. I'm sure they're legit, but there does feel something rigged about hooking up a creepy music box as some kind of paranormal detection. It's like, well, of course, if, <laughs> yeah. if the music box goes off, it's going to feel creepy. A hundred percent. Yeah. This is why, you, as a paranormal investigator, you do one thing at a time, you know? If you're confident in the level of paranormal activity, you get out the Ouija board. Okay. You get out your EMF reader. Maybe scan some uh, audio sounds that you pick up. These guys have just gone scattered with it. <laughs> They're like, let's throw everything at the wall and see what goes off. It's, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting to look at because, you know, we always talk about this. Like, obviously, we investigate the paranormal right here in the comfort of our studio yeah. um, and not doing the dirty work, getting our hands dirty on location necessarily week to week like these guys. So it's kind of surprising when you realize that these guys are not like what we talk about kind of going around and snapping photos of yeah. ghosts walking down the hallway, which is what you'd be led to believe is possible by all the sightings. Um, but they kind of have to resort to just like waving EMF readers around. And if there's an electrical signal, like that's the proof of the ghost. And it's like, well, that's fine. But we've heard that the creeper will grab you by the leg and drag you into another room. So right. what are we really looking for here? Yeah. And, you know, when people think about a paranormal investigator, uh, I think trench coat. I think uh, sunglasses. I think paranormal hunting equipment that is legitimate and is, is designed to pick up tiny, tiny little details on Sorry, a site. you have a problem with a slinky? I just wanted to be clear that the investigators we watched, I would say they're more investigators slash YouTubers. Okay, sure. A, a borderline Logan, the Paul brothers. Right, they have haircuts. They have nice haircuts. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. What is that? Whoa. The thumbnails are like the like shocked faces <laughs> behind uh, buildings. So there's a bit of like extra uh, hype thrown into this thing. Sure, there was some dramatic music alongside the slinky slinking. But this essentially brings us up to the present day, Rory. Uh, the present day in which the Waverly Hills Sanatorium is currently owned by Tina and Charlie Mattingly, who run it as a haunted attraction. So wow. I guess if our listeners are interested, or we are, we could go see it. 
So presumably they've found a, a way to rebuild at least a safe path through the establishment. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't think it was so decrepit that the entire thing is dangerous. I think it was just maybe bits of it. Okay, okay. Oh, I would love to go see this. That would be incredible. But Rory, at the end of every episode of This Paranormal Life, we have to decide whether the case we just discussed is paranormal or not. So talking about the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, looking back at some of the witness testimony, some of the, let's face it, pretty varied things that have been seen there, and I think our one piece of physical evidence being the photograph of Lois what are you thinking today? That's true. That's true. I was going to lambast you about the lack of evidence, but I forgot <laughs> about the grainy woman that you showed me in the in the photograph. Pretty good. I mean, witness testimony, by the way, was Troy at the start of this entire podcast. I don't think we have many more than that. Was that all there was? Oh, well, someone no, said they got there grabbed was, by there the creeper. More. There was at least three people. <laughs> One guy said it ran like the T-1000 from Terminator 2. Yeah, I tried to forget that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a tour guide... Sure. Mostly Troy. I just think a building like this, if it really does have that amount of paranormal activity, where's the death slide? Where's the picture of the death slide? Apparently it's mostly filled with spiders. <laughs> okay. That is... I, Which is terrifying. Yeah, that's genuinely more scary to me now. Um, okay, fair enough. I would not go down that either. Uh, I don't know. I just want a little bit more. I mean, it seems like this thing is pretty easy to access as well. It's not like you have to break in uh, and try and sneak around and get footage. There's a pl You can take a tour of it professionally. Right. So how do the people who not even organize the tour have more convincing <laughs> paranormal evidence? I don't know what you want me to say, man. <laughs> I had a very, very brief line of defense. I'm out of luck. I honestly thought the creeper would win you over. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> Uh, the Creeper, I will give it bonus points, kudos, if not a yes, uh, for being kind of cool and fun. You know, I never even really questioned this, which I probably should have right at the start, but you called it a sanatorium. Yes. But it was used to treat tuberculosis? Sure. That's not what sanatorium means, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, what does it mean? Exactly. I thought sanatorium was for, like... No, a sanatorium is an, is an antiquated name for a specialized hospital for the treatment of specific diseases. Oh, okay. Oh, all right, yeah. Because so I see what you're saying. You're saying, like, sana feels like it should be insanatorium. <laughs> insanatorium, An yeah. insane asylum. I thought it was an asylum, yes, right. but... Okay, no, right, fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's why it feels creepy, because it's like... I mean, if you have to build a sanatorium, things have gone badly wrong. It's like it's a hospital just for one thing. Yeah. Let's not beat around the bush today, Rory. We're going to come down on a yes or a no. Do you think the Waverly Hills Sanatorium is paranormal and haunted to this very day? I love the story, mostly because of this setting. Mm. Uh, as I said, we've done a few stories based around creepy old buildings like this, old hospitals, old sanatoriums and asylums. Mm. But unfortunately... Because a lot of the bad shit happened in the past and the buildings are mostly shut down and overrun and uh, they're a bit of a mess now. It's hard for people to explore and spend enough time there to get some really convincing paranormal evidence. And that's kind of what we're seeing today. Uh, aside from a very grainy picture of apparently a ghost woman who was just a woman, by the way, folks. She wasn't transparent. She wasn't glowing. It was just a woman standing in a building. Uh, aside from that, I'm not really seeing enough evidence here today for me to say that this is truly paranormal. 
Well said, Rory. I think that is more than fair today. I think we have a double no on our hands. Error. Until we are able to go to the sanatorium ourselves. Yeah. In future. Um, guys, sorry. Sorry to, to deliver you uh, such a sour note of a podcast. Yikes. Um, a double no. I hope it was still worth listening to. Maybe you've enjoyed learning about the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Maybe you're in the area. You can go check it out yourself. If you have your own thoughts or experiences about it. Why not let us know? You know, the usual places, this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Write to us on Twitter at this paralife and so on. I really like the idea of the death slide. I feel like we could implement that in the paranormal commune. Anyway, we don't have an issue. We don't have that many bodies. We're sorry, <laughs> we don't have any bodies. We don't have any bodies. We've got a healthy, Happy, a healthy population. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, some people drank some contaminated water recently. Well, uh, and we do have the antidote. Did they honestly? You just obviously? have to go down the antidote slide. <laughs> and, yeah, and right. The, yeah. And at the end of that, you're going to be just fine. Get some fresh air before you do and watch a sunset <laughs> and then go down the antidote slide. Like I say, I hope you enjoyed this week's investigation. If you cannot wait until Tuesday for another brand new episode of This Paranormal Life, did you know that there's a different type of slide you can take? Ooh. It's called... The Patreon slide. Right, right. It, it's bolted shut, but you just slide a crisp $5 note into uh, the vending machine at the top of the slide. It opens up, and uh, at the bottom isn't a uh, miserable train full of bodies. <laughs> like the antidote slide. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Uh, it is, in fact, a beautifully cushioned landing full of hundreds of uh, bonus episodes, it's, after parties, and bonus content. It's like that a boat they take in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory <laughs> where it's like the rowers keep rowing and like content is being beamed into your eyes with like a rainbow pattern you come out the other side just a different person because you've been bombarded by so much grade A quality paranormal content that's it this paranormal life normally only comes out uh, every week so you know you gotta wait to get your fix but at least you think you do but if you head over to patreon.com there is five more episodes a month. Whoa! Available. Too many. For download immediately. There's a bunch of other rewards, including um, our limited edition Night of the Commune coin. Yeah. Our monthly raffle and more. And there's even a certain tier where we'll give you a shout out right here on the podcast. That's what we're going to do right now. Wow. So, hey, special thank you to Matt Simmers. Some people, when they get stressed, Rory, they boil over. Matt just simmers. Oh, very cool. What does that mean? He's just a little stressed? <laughs> yeah, he's not cool. He's not cool <laughs> about it. He's just, he goes through life at a just permanent level of low-level stress. Yeah, it would almost be better if he just exploded. Right, and then just get it out of get his system. Of, but he's always just on edge. Just yeah. I'm just not happy about it. What's the old blood pressure, Matt? Thanks also to Holly Hogan. Holly Hogan banged her noggin, jumping down the antidote slide. <laughs> Which, uh, it works out pretty well, Holly, because you don't want to be conscious when you reach the bottom of that <laughs> all one. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm just saying. She Rory-style lost consciousness and landed at the bottom. Thanks also to Inspire Design. I think this might be a first for the commune. A design agency, presumably. Wow. Becoming a patron of the show. I mean... We do need to improve the signage around the commune. Uh, all our street signs, road signs, traffic signs, they are all handwritten by us with Sharpies on pieces of A4 paper. Yeah, written in the Eben language. 
which uh, many people can't read. So it's a confusing place. I think place. everyone, including <laughs> us, can't read it. I made a lot of the symbols up. So yeah, we're going to need your help. Thanks to Melissa Gilroy. Melissa Chillroy. They go through life never getting stressed out. Always keeping it chill. That's for the best. It's a pretty good way to be, you know? Mm. Wake up one night, the house is on fire. Uh, well. Hey, you know, whatever. Go nah. back to bed, honey. No, well, don't go back to bed. <laughs> Put your feet up. Relax. Keep it chill. Thanks to Kirk. They call him Kirk the Smirk because he's always got a cheeky little grin on his face, which sounds nice, but it has landed him in jail multiple times. Yeah. Because anytime he's at a crime scene, he's got that little grin. And they're like, well, he did it. Yeah. Arrest him, And obviously. then next thing you know, he's in front of the judge. He's still smirking. It's, it's like, you right. little motherfucker, go to jail. 20 years. 20 years for stealing that Mars bar because of the smirk. Thanks to Karsten back. Guess who's back, 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 back <laughs> again. Karsten's back in jail oh, on account no. of a terrible smirk that uh, he was an- born with. Another smirker? Mm-hmm. Guys, time and place. Do not smirk while you're in the electric chair. Oh, wow. Dark. Thanks to Mika. Mika the Sika. Mika has been wandering through the desert trying to find the commune, uh, trying to find the antidote to what <laughs> ails them. This is a bit awkward, but... Uh... No, it's fine. It's not. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Oh, right this way, Mika. You're gonna so tell them about could... the slide, yeah. about what really happens on the slide. No, that you reach the promised land. Hey, yeah. You reach the promised land. You really have. It's time for you to rest. <laughs> Eternally. For... Yes. The screams you hear are screams of fun, like a water slide. Thanks to Will. Come on down to Will's Pills. Whatever you need in a pill form, Will can make it for you. Okay. We're not even talking about medicine here. We're talking sandwiches. Oh. Condensed down to the size of a friggin' pea. Like a BLT or something? Oh, yeah. Made to the size of a Tic Tac. Is that... Why? It's mostly for military operations. So oh. people can eat entire Subway sandwiches in one gulp. <laughs> He's doing pretty well for himself. Clearly he got a fat military contract out of it. He calls it the pillatory. Thanks also to Jamie Grogan. Jamie, can you make the commune rivers flow again? <laughs> because we're experiencing a bit of a drought. Mm. And that's why a lot of people have resorted from drinking from the contamination zones. <laughs> which is, yes, why the why the antidote slide has been chock-a-block recently. Yes. Uh, so if you could make the rivers flow again, that would we'd really appreciate it. Thanks to Savvy. Savvy the Navigator. Savvy has been navigating those lost souls, uh, looking for the commune antidote slide they've been hearing all about for a long time. Savvy, we're going to have to have a word. You're going to, like, the, the, the slide's full. It's not what they think. I don't want to give too much away, but it's not what they think. You're already, you're giving so much away it's by even saying that. of what they think. <laughs> so if you could just navigate them to somewhere that's not so contaminated... Uh, yeah, they'd be they'd be doing a lot better. Honestly, if you just give them a loaded gun, they'd be better <laughs> off. It's the opposite of what they think. I can't say anymore. <laughs> you said so much. Thanks to Brian Cunningham. If it isn't crying, Brian, hmm. the gentleman's so in touch with his emotions that uh, anything will set him off. I'm just like Brian, dude. You look amazing today. He's like, so what? I didn't look good yesterday. It's oh, like Brian. Geez. No, I'm just trying to compliment you, dude. Goddamn compliment. 
It's it just I because I think you're like you're a good friend of mine, but not a best friend. Oh, he's he's crying again. Yeah, Brian. Brian, I'm just, just trying to do that. All right, you, your shoes are cool. Dude, what about my socks? Oh, oh Jesus, man. <laughs> Thanks, lastly but not leastly, today to Mark Festersteed. Mark Fester slid pretty fast down the antidote <laughs> slide. <laughs> he slid faster than anyone I've ever seen before. He wanted the cure. <laughs> and he got it in a way, in a way, he achieved peace. Yeah, part of me thinks that he knew exactly what was waiting for him. Because I hadn't even put up the sign yet to say antidote slide and he just went down it right he gave me a wink as he jumped in <laughs> but hey thank you mark thank you to everyone we've shouted out today and everyone we will be in the coming weeks and months we're getting through names uh, as fast as we can so thanks for bearing with us guys we will of course be back on tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale hope you enjoyed this one and we'll be back on friday with an after party over on patreon and this month's bonus episode later in the month oh, oh my yeah. goodness I'm fired up! Let's just go again! Let's do another one now! What? Yeah, I just, I don't know. Same episode? I feel like, so I had a coffee before we started recording, and I've been pretty low energy this whole podcast, but I think it's kicking in now! terrible timing. Let's go! So what did you say about the crawler? He's like a f***ing bat or something? We gave it a double no. We could dig it up! Dig it up! Let's go again! All right. (laughs) Thank you. I think we're going to have to park this. What else did they see? All right. We're going to have to park this energy for next time. (laughs) Okay. Live fast, investigate, and die young, guys. Love you guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.